Um, well, if you guys have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to a uh, actually a very familiar passage, um, and that is Proverbs chapter 3. This evening we're going to cover Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Um, I think I've mentioned this before when I've filled in for Troy, but it's always kind of interesting um, stepping into the shoes of another uh, preacher. And man, what do, you, what do you teach? I've got a whole Bible to choose from. Like, what, what, do, I, what do I preach on? Um, and as I was just seeking the Lord on this and praying, you know, a lot of times I, I could, I'll pull in from what I've been teaching the high school, but I didn't sense that the Lord was leading me there tonight. The, the one word that the Lord put on my heart for us tonight was trust. Trust. The Lord wants us to be a people that trusts Him. And, you know, we're here and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if most of us, if not all of us, are believers, right? We've, we've put our faith in the Lord. We've trusted Him uh, for salvation. And certainly, the Lord desires that from every person, right? The Lord desires that from, from all of us. But once we have accepted the Lord, we've put our faith and our trust in His, His saving work for salvation, um, the trust doesn't end there, does it? The Lord wants us to trust Him uh, with our whole lives. And so this is really what Solomon is talking about here um, in Proverbs chapter 3. We know the book of Proverbs, um, it's all about wisdom, right? The book of Proverbs tells us um, how to be wise and how to walk with wisdom in this world. It tells us how to walk rightly before um, the Lord. And these verses that we're going to cover uh, very clearly talk about how we can walk wisely and how we can walk rightly before the Lord, and it's this issue of trust, trusting Him. So let's go ahead and read that, verses 5 through 8. He says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Well, the first thing that we see there right out the gate is he says, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord, right? Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Well, what does that mean to trust the Lord? Like I just said, right, we, we each, we're, we're believers, probably most of us, if not all of us, have, have done that. We've put our faith um, in the Lord, we've been saved by His grace. We've put our, our trust in the finished work of Christ for salvation, uh, right? We've all done that. Um, most of the time, I don't think that we have an issue with that big picture type of trust, right? That He's able to save me. He's a, he's, he brought me into the kingdom. I know that one day uh, I'm going to be there with Him and it's going to be uh, great then. But sometimes I really think that we have an issue with that uh, day-to-day living type of trust, that I'm trusting Him for today. I'm trusting Him um, right now. So often we have a problem with trusting the Lord with our present circumstances. Or oftentimes we have an issue trusting the Lord with um, what, what is the future going to look like. And so Solomon, he says, trust the Lord with all your heart. And this isn't just a suggestion. That word trust, it's a verb, and it's, it's an imperative, which means that it's what? It's a command. So you're commanded, if you're a follower of the Lord, that you are to trust Him. 
If you've put your faith in Christ for salvation, there should be nothing that holds you back from putting your complete and total trust and reliance upon Him. This is exactly what He says, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, that there wouldn't be any portion of my life, there wouldn't be anything that I'm holding back, that I would fully trust the Lord. And so what are some areas maybe that we have um, issues in in casting all of our trust upon the Lord. What are, what are some of those situations, circumstances? You can, you can think of some on your own. As I was thinking about this, um, maybe, maybe some of us are facing um, difficulties in our present circumstances, right? Uh, maybe there's hardships taking place in your life, or uh, maybe, maybe your finances are out of control, and you're, you're wondering, gosh, what is going to happen? Like, how, how am I going to be provided for? Uh, maybe you have a difficult relationship. Maybe you have a fractured relationship with somebody that you're just, your trust in the Lord is, is being shaken. Do you trust that the Lord is good and faithful even in the midst of difficult circumstances, even in the midst of trying circumstances right now today? Do you trust that He has a plan Uh, Do you trust that he's working all things out? I would say first and foremost for his glory, but he's also working all things out for your good. Do you trust that? Maybe you're having a hard time trusting the Lord for the future. So you're fine, like, you know, today's good. Today, I I got through today. Uh, But looking forward, uh, it just takes my peace away. It takes my rest away when I think of what is going to take place in the future. Um, Maybe there's decisions that you have to make. Maybe there's Maybe there's a good desire that's on your heart, um, but it hasn't come to pass yet. As I, as I was studying this, I was thinking about maybe, maybe you want to get married one day, and uh, it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen, and it takes away your, your peace. The Lord is, is saying, trust, trust me, trust me. Maybe you're worried about the what-ifs. Has, have any, am I the only one who's laid awake at night thinking about, what if that happens, <laughs> right? What if, what if this thing takes place? Like, it hasn't happened, right? But it might happen. Has, am I the only one that's done that? I think that we all probably have laid awake at night just thinking, ah, but what if? Well, I mean, what if? What if it happens? It's interesting. We spend so much time worrying about something that is not a present reality, let me say that again. We spend so much time worrying about something that is not a present reality. Could it happen? Sure. Has it happened? Not yet. Will it happen? We don't know. But let's take that line of thought really quick. Let's say that that what-if scenario, that, that worst-case thing that is in your mind that keeps you up at night, let's say that it happens, right? Um, say it happens. Does that make the Lord any less God? Does that make him any less worthy of trust? Uh, Does that make him any less faithful? Does that mean that he doesn't have a plan for your life? Listen, all of those things that I just mentioned remain true regardless of what happens in your life. And so you think about that what-if scenario, that that scenario that's not a present reality, that's, that's taking away your peace and causing you to worry, I'd say give it to the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust in his goodness, trust in his faithfulness, trust in his plan um, for your life. Listen, the Lord deeply cares about those things that we're going through. 
He cares about our present circumstances. He cares about what's going to take place um, in our future. Uh, You know, he doesn't just save us and then say, well, you know, good luck. I hope you have fun on your journey without me. I'll see you in heaven. No, he's, he's intricately and intimately involved in our lives, and he cares, and he wants us to go back to him and put our trust and faith in him. Yes, for salvation, but for day-to-day living, to trust the Lord with your life, and that there wouldn't be any area of our lives that we are withholding from the Lord. He says, trust the Lord with what? With all your heart. Don't hold anything back. Every circumstance, every situation, every fear, every what-if, Trust the Lord with everything. Trust the Lord with all your heart. And then he goes on to give a couple of statements of what does this look like to trust the Lord in my life? Then what does that look like? Second half of verse five. Well, I can just read this whole verse again. It says, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's something that he points out. That's like, hey, if you're going to trust in the Lord, this is... This is what should be taking place in your life, that you're not going to lean on your own understanding. What's that? That you're not depending upon your own skill or your own smarts or your own wisdom or your own understanding to walk this walk out. You're not relying on yourself. You're not relying on worldly wisdom. And listen, there's something that's kind of freeing about that because you don't have to figure it out. You don't have to figure everything out. You can turn to the Lord, put your trust in Him, and not lean on what you know. Trust the Lord. Let the Lord figure it out. Notice that word lean. I was thinking about this. Lean. Do not lean on your own understanding. It means to put your full weight upon something. Um, Have you ever put your full weight on something and then that something gave out? What happens? Well, you, you fall over, right? Um, so what is he saying? Don't put your full weight on your own understanding. And the implication is if you do, you're going to fall over. You're going to fall over. It's not going to be a good thing for you. You know, this reminds me of um, not leaning on your own understanding. I was just thinking of, of an example of what does it look like to lean on your own understanding and certainly I can think of circumstances in my life that maybe I'll discuss with you here in a minute, but scripturally it reminded me of uh, Abraham and Sarah, right? What happened with Abraham and Sarah? Uh, we studied this not too long ago on Sunday mornings, but the Lord gave amazing promises to Abraham, right? The Lord said to Abraham, um, you will be the father of many nations, um, you, your descendants will be like the sand of the seashore. There was one problem. Um, Sarah was barren, and they were both super old, <laughs> right? So the Lord gave them a promise, but circumstantially, they didn't see how it was going to work out. Now, Abraham did believe God, but there was a time um, when his faith in the Lord faltered. And we know what happened. In Genesis chapter 16, it says, Now Sarai, this was years after the Lord gave that promise to Abraham, it says, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai came to Abram and said, See now, the Lord has restrained from me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. 
That was the wisdom of the day. Uh, this was something that took place commonly. And certainly, uh, I think when Abraham first received that promise from the Lord, I'm sure that he went in to Sarah and said, God appeared to me. And this is the promise that he gave me. And I, I'm sure that they were so excited, right? Like, this is going to happen. We're going to have kids. But then the years went on. No kids, no kids, no pregnancy, no Isaac. And their faith, Sarah's faith, it seems, especially began to falter in the Lord. And the wisdom of the day kicked in. I've got an idea. You can still have kids and, and we'll, we'll claim this child as mine. You just go into my maidservant. It was a, it was a common practice that, that took place. It's interesting. The Lord gave them a promise but when that promise wasn't fulfilled within their own timetable, um, that's when they took matters into their own hands. And this was, this was a very sinful thing, right? It was sinful for a number of reasons. It was sinful because um, they, they were not having faith. Uh, they, they had unbelief in God's promise. But not only that, they were going against God's original design and intention um, for marriage. The wisdom of the world said, this is how you can solve this issue, this is, how you can, this is how you can have a son, Abraham. Um, you just take your wife's maid, and she can have a child vicariously through her maid. Um, but it was in direct opposition to what God had said to do. And in fact, isn't this the most interesting thing about it, is that God had a much better plan in mind from the very beginning. His plan was better. It was better. It was one of purity and holiness and goodness. And so don't lean on your own understanding. Listen, even in life, when things happen to you that you don't understand, you don't need to try to figure it out. You go put your trust in the Lord. You go put your faith in the Lord. We sing that song, um, I raise a hallelujah. And every time we sing that, that line, I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. When times are like, I don't even understand what's going on right now. That's when we trust the Lord. That's when we put our faith in the Lord. Don't go along with what the world says is right. What does the Lord say? What does the Word say? As you're seeking the Lord, is He giving you peace about this decision? You seek the Lord. You lean not on your own understanding. Early in our marriage, um, a situation happened with Megan and I, and the, from this situation, the Lord has shown us so much. Um, but Megan had seen her doctor, and this doctor told her that she needed to take a particular medicine um, to help with this health issue. And um, Megan got home, and she talked to me about it. There was something about it. I just, I didn't have peace about it. I, I didn't know what it was, and I was like, I, I don't know that if you're supposed to do that. Um, and we prayed, and that just that check was kind of there. Like, I don't know that you're supposed to do that. And um, by the way, I'm not speaking against medication, so <laughs> uh, don't, don't take it to mean that. That's not at all what this is. Just in this, in this situation, in this circumstance, um, I just didn't have peace. And um, through a course of events, um, you know, Megan really wanted to do this, and um, I, I caved, and I said, all right, well, you can go ahead and take it. And... Um, she had the worst physical reaction to it, just a, a terrible reaction, um, something that 
you know, we, we couldn't have known was going to happen beforehand, but I did know. I didn't know that that was going to happen, but I knew that the Lord was saying, you shouldn't do this. Um, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Because it's interesting, you know, the doctor was saying, do this. We should we can trust doctors, right? This is what they do for a living. They, they study. We sought counsel. We had friends tell us, yeah, I think that you should do this. This is going to be um, a good thing. Megan wanted to do it, but yet I was hearing the voice of the Lord, and the Lord said, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on something when it seems like this makes sense. What is the Lord saying to do? What does the Lord say to do? You hear his voice. You be led of him. The Lord showed us so much from that um, situation. The Lord really showed me, Daniel, if I'm speaking to you, you need to stick to your guns, right? Um, you need to, to lead your household well. Lead, lead your wife well. Um, it showed Megan, hey, <laughs> as we're seeking the Lord together, if there's a check, let's really sit and pray and ponder on this thing. Let's not just lean on our own understanding and, and try to force something that doesn't feel right and doesn't feel like it's from the Lord. He says, lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on it. Don't put your rest on it. And the implication here is, is that we would rather lean on the Lord's understanding, right? That we would put our rest on the Lord, that we would put our full weight upon the Lord. The Lord is that solid rock, <clears throat> you rest in the Lord, you put your weight upon him, all of your concerns, all of your wants, all of your worries. Listen, these are things that the Lord can handle. He can handle it. And how can I know that I'm doing that? How can I know that I'm, I'm leaning into the Lord and not leaning into my own understanding? Well, Jesus said this in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If we're going to Jesus and we're leaning into him, then we're going to have a light burden. We're not going to be, a, we're not going to be in a place of continual striving, right? Jesus said, I've come to give you peace. I've come to give you rest. And so how can we know that we're leaning into the Lord? Well, are you at a place of rest in your life? Or do you have a heavy yoke? Is there constant striving? Or are you in peace? Because listen, where there is real trust in the Lord, rest will follow. Peace will follow. When you're trusting in the Lord, He will bring you to a place of rest. When you're leaning into the Lord and leaning into Him, Jesus Himself said, listen, my, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. In Colossians it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule your hearts. So how can you know if you're leaning into the Lord or if you're leaning into your own understanding? I found in my life that when I'm leaning upon my own understanding, it's always striving. There's always anxiety. There's always worry. There's always fear. But when I'm leaning all of my weight into the Lord, there's peace. There's a lack of striving. And here's, here's a perfect example, physical example of this. You guys came in here and you guys trusted, I don't know why, but you trusted that that chair that you're sitting in was going to be able to hold your weight, right? 
And so I see you guys, you all look relaxed, right? You all look like you're, you're at rest, you're, you're able to listen to a Bible study. But listen, if you thought for one second that that chair was about to buckle, you wouldn't be resting, would you? You'd be like, you'd get, you'd get yourself out of that chair. Um, well, in the same way, cast your weight on the Lord. He's able to handle it. Trust that He's able to support you. Your own understanding isn't good enough. Cast your weight on the Lord. What are those things that keep you awake at night? What are those what-if things that, that just not you? Cast your weight upon the Lord. What are those things that cause you to be fearful or anxious? Cast your weight on the Lord. What is that thing that takes your peace away? Cast your weight on the Lord. He can handle it. He's not going to buckle under the pressure. And when you do that, you're going to find that He brings peace. He brings rest. He brings safety to your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but rather lean into the Lord. Put your full weight onto the Lord. Well, the next example that Solomon gives of what it looks like to trust the Lord is found here in verse 6. He says, And in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. In all your ways. Uh, this word ways, uh, it, it has the idea of going on a journey, like as you're going on the way, right? Um, as you are journeying through this life in, in every way, no matter what the situation is, no matter what you're doing, that you would acknowledge the Lord. So what does it mean to acknowledge the Lord? Is it just like, hey, Lord, like, I see you. Like, all right, cool. High five. We're peacing out now. Is that what it is? Is that what it means? Like, you're, you're just giving an acknowledgement to him? Um, there's a couple of other uh, translations. It says, in all your ways, submit to him, or seek his will in all you do, or think about him in all your ways. And so this isn't just a mere, like, you know, high five, I acknowledge that, that you're here, you know, uh, or like, hey, God, how's it going? Like, all right, I'll see you later. Like, it's not that type of an acknowledgement. Um, this is a putting the Lord before us in everything that we do. Putting him before us. This word acknowledgement, um, it, it means really to know, to know, to, to have a knowledge of, to seek his face and to seek his will as we journey through this life in every circumstance, in every situation, to be putting the Lord before you. It's a continual learning of who he is and what is acceptable to him and what he desires from your life. So, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What does that look like? It looks like you're not leaning on your own understanding. But secondly, it looks like in all your ways, you're acknowledging him. What's that? That every area of your life is turned over to the Lord. Every aspect of who you are is given over to his control. To not have a will of your own, but only a single desire to know his will and to do it and to walk in it. That we would be primarily concerned with, Lord, what is it that you want from me? What is it that you desire from my life? Not so much, this is what I want to do and so I'm going to go to it. No, it's, Lord, what do you want? What do you desire? And what's the result? Well, he says, and he shall direct your paths. Isn't that an interesting statement? He shall direct your paths. What's that? Uh, as you are on the way, as you are journeying, the Lord is going to go before you. He's going to show you where to step, and he's going to reveal his will to you um, as you go. You know, that's one of the most common questions that Christians ask, right, is, gosh, how can I know God's will for my life? 
How can I know what the Lord wants me to do? How can I know what I'm supposed to do in this situation? I really think that Solomon gives us a pretty solid outline of how to do that. Are you trusting the Lord? Are you leaning on His understanding? In all your ways, are you acknowledging Him? Well, as you do that, listen, I know that I'm young, but it's been my experience as I've sought the Lord and as I've walked with Him that when I do this, He reveals the path before me. He reveals His will to me in His perfect timing. Can I, can I get somebody else to say yes, that, that is, that's exactly what happens, right? We, we don't have to strive for it. We don't have to freak out. We don't have to stay awake at night thinking about it when we trust the Lord, when we're leaning upon Him and His understanding, when we're acknowledging Him in all of our ways, He directs our path. He shows us what the next step is. He reveals His will to us. And so the bottom line is that as we walk through this life and as we acknowledge Him and as we trust Him and as we lean on His understanding, we don't need to be in a place of worry or fear or anxiety. And this is exactly what Jesus taught us, right? This is what Jesus said Um, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34. He said, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? In other words, how am I going to be provided for, right? For all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows what you need or that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, you don't need to be concerned about all that stuff. What's your primary concern? Your primary concern is is me, Jesus says. Your primary concern is, is the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first Jesus. Seek first um, his face. And as you acknowledge him in all of your ways, Jesus said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. Your heavenly Father is going to give you everything that you need. So you don't need to worry. You don't need to freak out. Rest. Trust me. Acknowledge me. In everything that you do, lean not on your own understanding. You don't need to figure it out. But as you seek first the kingdom of God, he's going to allow his path and his plan to unfold before you for his glory and for your good, for his glory and for your good. And that's been my experience as I have walked with the Lord over and over again as I trust in the Lord and lean upon his understanding and acknowledge him in all my ways. He directs my path. He opens up doors. He closes doors. But those prerequisites are there, right? It's that we're trusting him. We're leaning upon him. We're acknowledging him, and and of course, this includes seeking him in his word and and praying and being in fellowship and seeking godly counsel. It it includes all of those things, but as we do, the Lord is so faithful to reveal his will and his plan and just to allow it to unfold in our lives. We don't need to strive for it. Well, in verses 5 and 6 here, very famous, very well-known passage. And I just hope that it encourages your heart as we are reminded of this very fundamental and almost elemental thing. Let's be reminded, yeah, we got to trust the Lord. 
We got to trust the Lord when things are hard. We got to trust the Lord when war is taking place. We got to trust the Lord when our country is, is um, going through just terrible times. We, we have to trust the Lord. Lean not on, on your own understanding. In all your ways, um, acknowledge Him. And here in verses 7 and 8, takes a different um, turn. And it, in this, we see that we are to not only trust the Lord, but we are to fear the Lord. Let's read this again, verse 7. He says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. And again, this is, this is very similar to what he said in leaning not on your own understanding, right? Um, you don't have to have everything figured out. You don't need to think that you're, you're some smart guy. You're a wise guy, right? You don't, you don't need to do that. Don't be wise in your own eyes. This is something that's reiterated um, in the New Testament in Romans chapter 12, I believe it is. Don't, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, Paul says. Um, so don't be wise in your own eyes. Instead of that, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Well, what does it mean to fear the Lord? So we've already established that we should trust the Lord. Doesn't it seem a little bit paradoxical that we should, in the same breath, fear Him? So what, is it, what does that mean um, to fear the Lord? Um, a lot of people are kind of uncomfortable with this. And I've heard a lot of different Christians and, you know, well-meaning believers try to explain it away and say, well, this just means respect or it just means reverence. That's true. But that's not the whole truth, I don't think. I, I once heard a person say, well, it just means that you're really excited about the Lord. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see that here. What does the word mean? Well, when you look at a Hebrew lexicon and you see this word, do you know what it means? Fear or to be afraid of. Now, I don't think that this means that we're to like cower in a corner and be scared of the Lord um, and that we're like running away from Him. It's not that kind of fear. So what does it mean? Well, in one sense, I think that the fear of the Lord should be brought to unbelievers, right? Um, uh, that proverb, Proverbs 9.20 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so the fear of the Lord should be brought to unbelievers. What's that? What's well, the fact that he's a God of wrath and he's displeased with sin um, and that he's going to ultimately bring fierce judgment upon those who don't know him? That's scary, right? That's a fearful thing. Um, and so the fear of the Lord should be brought to unbelievers. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's where it starts. And without that fear of the Lord, that fear of uh, he's a consuming fire who has judgment against sin, without that, a person will not be brought into his presence and they'll be separated from him for all of eternity. That's pretty scary. That's a pretty fearful thing. But for us who believe, I still think there should be a healthy fear of the Lord. But what does that mean? Um, what does that mean? Well, I like to think of it in the same way that a child, in a healthy parent-child relationship, a child should have a healthy fear um, of their parent. Because, listen, on the one hand, in that healthy relationship, a child... Um, is loved by their parents, they're nurtured by their parents, they know that they can approach them, um, all of those, those good things. But on the other hand, they know that if they get out of line, uh, there's going to be consequences, right? How many of you guys can remember when you're a kid and you stepped out of line and the, you had the fear of your parents, right? I think that we all can remember that. It doesn't mean that they didn't love you. 
They chastened you because they love you, right? Doesn't mean that they didn't like you anymore. No, they, they did those things and disciplined you because they cared about you. How many of you can remember, um, I remember sitting in my room and getting into things that maybe I shouldn't have gotten into, and it's like my mom walks in and the, my stomach just drops out, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, she got me, all right? She caught me. There is a healthy fear. I love my mom. I love her, right? Um, and I know that she loved me and loves me and cared for me um, and nurtured me, but there was a healthy fear. And in the same way, we have a heavenly Father who loves us and cares for us and allows us to approach Him. But at the same time, He is our Father and the creator of the universe, and we are called to obey Him. The Bible tells us that whom he loves, he what? He chastens. I heard somebody whisper it. Yeah, he chastens. He disciplines. He disciplines us. Charles Spurgeon, when talking about the fear of God, he said that it means to pay him humble, childlike reverence, walk in his laws, have respect to his will, tremble to offend him, hasten to serve him. Fear not the wrath of men, neither be tempted to sin through the virulence of their threats. Fear God and nothing else. It means that, yeah, we have respect. Yeah, we have reverence. It also means that we tremble at the thought of, of offending him. He's our father. So notice what he says. He says, fear the Lord and depart from evil. In Proverbs 16, 6, it says by, that by the fear of the Lord... One departs from evil. Listen, if you have a healthy fear of the Lord, it has a purifying effect in your life. Because I'm not going to want to do something that offends my Savior. I don't want to do something that offends uh, my Heavenly Father. Uh, right? As Spurgeon said, that, that we would tremble to offend Him. If we really fear the Lord, then we wouldn't want anything in our lives that would bring offense to Him or that would be displeasing to Him. The fear of the Lord has that purifying effect in our lives. And if you're here and, and you're a believer and, and you, you love Jesus and you want to walk in His statutes, but there is a sin in your life that you, it just it keeps popping up, Fear the Lord. Have a healthy fear of your heavenly Father who is displeased and offended by that sin. Tremble. Allow yourself to remember who He is, that He's the creator of the universe, that He's the star breather, right? This is our God. He spoke and everything was. He holds all the power and He holds everything together and He is worthy to be feared. And so fear the Lord and depart from evil. Proverbs 16, 6, again, by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. Maybe you need a healthy fear of the Lord. Ask the Lord, Lord, remind me of who you are, that you're a consuming fire. Lord, remind me um, that you are God, that you are Father. Lord, give me a healthy fear of you. And what's the result? Verse 8, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. And really, I think that that statement, um, I think, could be also in reference to everything that we've already discussed about putting our trust in the Lord, but, but fearing the Lord, that as we cast ourselves upon Him, remembering who He is, departing from evil, uh, as we have that healthy fear of Him, uh, that it brings health to our flesh and strength to our bones. You know, what's interesting is that our spiritual state 
in a lot of ways, um, affects our physical well-being. It affects our physical well-being because if I'm a person that's not trusting in the Lord, that's not fearing the Lord, that's, that's walking in sin, that's maybe giving myself over to uh, worry, uh, or you, you can fill in the blank, that not trusting the Lord, not fearing the Lord, um, and my life is just a mess and I'm super stressed and anxious and worried, that has, that has health effects on you. Um, here's a, a quote. It says, It has been estimated that fear... Sorrow, envy, resentment, hatred, guilt, and other emotional stresses account for over 60% of our illnesses. Now, I've read, you know, in a quick search that that, could, that number could even be higher, right? Um, and so, listen, your spiritual state, it has, it has health effects on you. And so, Solomon says here, listen, as you're fearing the Lord, as you're trusting the Lord, as you're casting your full weight upon who He is... It's going to be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Now, I'm not saying, you know, in every circumstance, we're never going to get sick again. That, that's not at all um, what I mean. But what I do mean is that when we are given over to these things, it has, it's detrimental to our health. Jesus himself said, and who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And what's the obvious answer? Not a single one of you, right? You, you can't add anything to your life. Um, by being worried. And so what are we called to? Well, cast your weight upon the Lord. Trust the Lord. Fear the Lord. Know Him. Why? Well, because He is faithful and He is worthy of our full trust and devotion. And you know, maybe you're here tonight and you need to renew your trust in the Lord. You're a believer. You, you have the big picture idea, right? You, you know that you're saved. You know that he loves you. You know that he cares for you. But in the day-to-day grind, you've just given yourself over to, to worry or um, anxiousness. You, or, or maybe you've been putting your trust in other things. Maybe you've been putting your trust in, I don't know why, maybe you've been putting your trust in the government. Maybe you've been putting your trust in finances. Maybe you've been, I don't know. If you're here and that's you, I would just encourage you, renew your trust in the Lord. Come before the Lord in repentance. Say, Lord, I haven't been trusting you in this way. I haven't been giving myself over to you in this way. I haven't been putting my full weight upon you. Well, maybe you're here and you have never come to Jesus. You've never actually put your trust in him. Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus came and died for our sins. He was crucified and he was punished and he was killed. God's wrath that I spoke of earlier was poured out on Jesus for you and me. He was killed and he was resurrected. Now the Bible says, put your trust in him. Put your faith in the Lord and you will be saved. It's not a matter of um, working hard or striving. It's a matter of simple trust. Trust that the Lord... Um, has saved you, call out to him, um, and he wants to do that. So let's be those that go out of this place and in all of our ways acknowledge the Lord. In, in every circumstance, trusting that the Lord is good, trusting that the Lord um, is sovereign, trusting that he has a plan and that he wants to work out his glory in your life. He is so good and he is worthy of that kind of dependence. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, I 
Thank you so much, Lord, for who you are. Lord, truly, you are a God that is worthy to be trusted, and you are worthy to be feared. And Father, I, I pray that we each would uh, be walking in these, in these things, Lord, that we would have a complete trust and dependence upon you. And Lord, I thank you so much that you're faithful to us. I thank you so much, Lord, that you didn't just come and die and save us and leave us here to our own devices. Lord, no, you're here, you're involved, you care. And I pray, Lord, that we would give ourselves over to you fully.